Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog guardians. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm a certified professional dog trainer and I take my 10 years of training experience and I share easy to implement dog training advice with an emphasis on kindness and compassion. Welcome. I'm so excited to share more. Reactive Redefined is open for enrollment starting today, Friday, January 5th. If your dog can lunge and bark on leash, can be reactive in your home, Reactive Redefined was designed specifically for you to support you with one-on-one support, but also connect you with other reactive dog guardians. If you're interested in joining Reactive Redefined, click the link in the show notes to learn more. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I have an amazing special guest with me tonight. She was a participant or is a participant in Reactive Redefined, and she's going to share her story. And we're going to talk all about her boy today. Okay, so Alex, please introduce yourself to the listeners. I feel like your profession is relevant here. So I feel like you should tell them. (laughs) Yeah. So hi, I'm Alex. Um, I work as a full time certified veterinary technician. Um, I'm level two, force-free, uh, fear-free certified, um, and I also work part-time with a local force-free dog trainer. So you've got it. You've just got, like, all of the knowledge from, like, all the different aspects. I love it so much. Okay, so let's talk about your boy. Do you want to introduce him to everyone? I do. His name is River. He is, well, he was a stray, actually, when we found him, so I don't know his exact age. I just made it up, and it's on Valentine's Day, so he'll be two on Valentine's Day. Um, he was found actually my boss, who's a veterinarian, her sister found him last year, the weekend after Thanksgiving, um, in her hometown, uh, seemingly dumped, uh, with a box and under a bridge and covered in ticks. So no one wanted him. She lived in a farm town. She called around and like asked people like, Hey, Oh, he's a cattle dog, by the way. I didn't mention that. <laughs> um, so farm town, no one wanted this cattle dog. He was still intact at the time also. So I, I don't know if he ran away. I don't know if he was dumped, but he was found and then he landed with me. Oh my God. Okay. So I feel like this is important because I know this detail about you, right? You did not want a cattle dog. Sure didn't. <laughs> no, because of the exact issues I'm having with him. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like you are very dog savvy at this point, right? Like, you know, breeds, you know, like what you want to fit into your life. What was it about River that you couldn't say no to? So the agreement was just to like start fostering him at the time. I only had a cat. Um, and I had just a few months prior had moved into my first own house. And I'm like, I had nothing to do. I'll foster this dog for you, boss. (laughs) And the more homes I tried to find for him, the more I learned, oh my God, no one can take care of him the way I can. (laughs) So by process of elimination, and he left me no other choice. I was like, well, all right, we're going to go on this journey. And um, it is. (laughs) Okay. So, he was he like sickly from having all those ticks on him or once you guys removed ticks and stuff he was like okay yeah no my boss actually was able to 
I don't want to say luckily, but luckily at that time, um, he was almost like still so shut down that he tolerated a bath um, and them to remove his ticks. Now, as a stranger, he would never let you do any of that. Um, but he is Lyme positive, but he shows no clinical signs. So knock on wood, hopefully I won't have to treat him. Now he's on prevention and he's right. now he's-, he's happy and healthy now. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Okay. So tell me some of the behaviors that started to come up the longer he was with you and the more you realized maybe perhaps you were the person who needed to care for him. Well, I knew almost right off the bat um, that young children were just going to be out of the question. I knew that he was very fearful. um, So you know, we kind of went into, you know, trialing new families with, um, you know, 12 years and older or 14 years and older, like maybe kids who kind of had their wits about them. Um, and we interviewed him with the family with like a 12 year old and a 13 year old, I think. And, um, you know, the 12 year old just pulled out this like card game and started like ruffling through cards and like River snapped at him. I didn't see any warning signs. I didn't see it coming. I don't know why still to this day he did it. But like my heart was like in my stomach and I'm like, crap. Okay. Right. Like this clearly is not going to be a safe option. Yeah. Um, And I had him separated from my cat also just as a precaution. I did come to find out that cats were also out of the question. No harm was done but we had a bad introduction. Um, and I was like, well, okay, there's, it kind of just, I started like learning this list, like no kids at all, no cats. He's good with some other dogs, but not all of them. And then I learned hard no to men. Um, and I just, knowing what I know, like about behavior and how dogs learn, I almost just didn't, I didn't trust the rest of the world to like give it's, him. It's so hard, pay- right? Like I've been in that position too, right? Like we're fostering this dog who is like a very complicated behavior case and you can't pretend you don't know that stuff, right? Like you can't just be like, well, let's see how it goes, right? Like, and to credit all of the rescue organizations, I don't think that they intentionally do that. But I think sometimes like when you're in the thick of rescue, it's just kind of like foster, adopt, foster, adopt. Yeah. But when you have the perspective that you have right like seeing so many different aspects of behavior and stuff like that it's one of those where it's like okay so are we really going to find a home for you that's just like there are no kids there are no cats this is a perfect dog and there's no men in the house like are we going to find that home for you buddy yeah yeah the um the selection became very 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 small until it got down to me (laughs) I'm like well okay (laughs) oh my god oh my god so you were a foster success. I hate when people call it a foster failure. Like you didn't fail, actually. Like the dog won. So let's just call it a foster success. Let's just call her what like, it is. I like that. Oh my God. Okay. So um, obviously you have a lot of behavior knowledge, right? Just from the nature of what you do. So just kind of walk us through some of the early training and like strategies you tried to implement with him as you realized he was going to be yours and you were trying to just like smooth out the day-to-day of your lives together. So I, 
almost immediately just tried creating a routine for him. Um, so like breakfast was at a certain time, dinner was at a certain time. I made my body language very clear to him. And I don't know if this counts as training, but I felt like it was because I wanted to build that trust. So again, he's very sensitive with like body handling. So I usually didn't initiate a lot of the petting. I don't think I actually kissed him on the face until after I had him for like six months. (laughs) Um, at the time the training company that I work for, we had like puppy classes and stuff. So on Saturdays that I wasn't working, we were in like the back, like secluded part of the training room with physical and visual barriers. And at the, I did know that he was reactive on the leash. I tried doing um, <clears throat> some like pattern games and circuit training, like back there, just merely for the exposure. Um, and I did a lot of, I took him to work with me every day first of all because I work long days and I I don't have anyone else to help me and he wasn't he was potty trained but not for long periods of time so that became again part of a routine and he was pretty good in the car except he would snap at cars that drove by so like even driving to work almost every literally every situation that we were in was a training opportunity (laughs) so I'm driving with my treat pouch on to work Um, I'm using it at work Um, so I was just, myself had to learn how to be prepared literally all the time. Um, because he literally, he was just, I think we could say he was going off the deep end a lot without your support, right? Okay. So do you want to just, just elaborate a little bit for everyone on some of the behaviors that he was displaying, right? So obviously, um, he's a cattle dog, right? So there was a lot of like lunch and snack first, ask questions later, right? But that was directed at a lot of different things yeah uh triggers it anything that moves leaves birds snowflakes raindrops cars (laughs) you name it any anything that moves fast was fair game lungy barky on the leash um and don't you dare try to interrupt him because then he'll redirect on you Right, right. So it was, it was so much more that he was just reacting that if you were trying to like intervene and help, he was just like, no, you can't do that. Right. So he put teeth on you multiple times, right? Um, he snapped. Okay. I am thankful for my quick reflexes. (laughs) Well, and I mean, you know, it's like, you're not just like a, a, a person off the street who's like, this dog tried to bite me. You're like, oh, you're just redirecting at me right now. Okay, cool. I'm going to get out of your way for a second here. <laughs> so I do, I do do enough also like not to, if I was trying to touch him, it was always from the back. So like I had some extra space. He's squeaking behind me. I don't know if that's going to come. I love it. I love it. Hi, River. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I, I knew enough kind of where to position myself if I did physically have to like make myself a barrier between something. Right. Okay. So, um, when did you start you? Cause he's on behavior meds. Yes. Yes. Um, when did you start those? So he came home with me early December. I officially adopted him like at the end, of, like after about six weeks, um, Probably not until April, to be honest with you. Um, I wanted to see how far I could get him with just training before I was like, okay, he can't think straight. He needs some extra help. 
Right. Um, so I, I tried to hold off. Um, so yeah, it was probably about four months in like start to, to then that I put him on. Yeah. And I mean, I think that we got to just give them some grace and be like, okay, with time, who are you? Right? Like, what are you capable of? Can you handle these things? Right? Because a lot of what you're describing, I agree is totally training, right? Like being really cognizant of your body language and not encroaching on his space and letting him feel safe and initiate those things because who freaking knows what his life was like before, right? Like he probably had some baggage that we will never know about emotional baggage, right? that he brought to the table. So in that early, like that first four months, he started to warm up to you a lot though, right? And like, you didn't have to moderate yourself so much for him. Actually, it was December 6th of last year. So now I'm getting all these Snapchat memories. And I was like, oh, he let me touch his belly. And like all these like memories. And I was like, wow, like that happened a lot quicker than like I thought I remembered. But it's nice to look back on because now I can do so much more to him. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. So you started the meds and then Mm -hmm. you were just keeping up right with like your knowledge, your opportunities to expose him to things. And then he was able to make some dog friends and some human friends, right? When did that happen in the timeline? Um, I think pretty early on, um, the two trainers that I work with, um, Shout out Courteous Canines and Caitlin and Lindsay and their dogs for being almost immediately part of River's inner circle. Um, so he was introduced, I believe, to Nugget and Barley very early on. Um, and both of those dogs, Nugget actually is reactive, um, but him and River communicated very well. Um, and Barley's just a goof, so he doesn't care if River bites him on the ankle or... Super tolerant, like, super tolerant. Yeah not care at all um so yeah almost immediately like not immediately but definitely within the first few weeks um they were all introduced to each other right so you were able well I don't know you you tell the listeners but I feel like was that some nice glimmers of hope of like okay he's a complicated dog but like he can make friends he can make dog friends like there's hope here yeah for sure the first time I introduced him to a dog that was not my own that I was like pet sitting I literally had like red hives on my chest and I used Caitlin and Lindsay. Like they kind of ran the introduction because I was, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know if he's going to totally freak out. All went well. Um, but I definitely was like, Ooh, like I still just like don't know how he's going to be. Um, and now they're best friends. I call them freaking frack whenever I pet sit, uh, Parker. They're, they're so stupid together. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Right. So it's, you know, it's always nice to like balance out some of the, you know, the realities of like, okay, you can make dog friends. You can bring people into your inner circle. Right. Um, Because I think we have to have those glimmers because if not, it's just heavy, right? Like you just feel like you have this burden that you're going to have for the next 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's fast forward. So you already had a lot of good functional skills, right? Like you were doing some things, but he was stable. He'd been with you for 10 months at this point, right? Yeah. What attracted you to Reactive Redefined? So I'm a big like behavior nerd podcast. I have probably 10 of them saved on my Spotify. Um, But most of my downtime is usually in the shower. So I was listening to a particular episode 
um, in the shower and it was actually with uh, team Emilio and oh my god that he's river yeah and I could get emotional talking about it because I was like I knew that I knew only so much but I was like you know I really think like just a different trainer's perspective I've gotten this far but I'm I still feel like I'm at not really like a plateau, but I don't, I didn't know what else I could be doing. And I knew that there was light at the end of the tunnel, but the end of the tunnel felt like it was California <laughs> and I'm in Pennsylvania. It felt very far away. Um, so I was like, well, I was also just coming off of like a summer of, you know, veterinary medicine burnout. Um, and I myself was just not holding myself accountable. I stopped going to the gym. And then obviously that trickled into not training as much with River. Um, so I was looking for something like, you know, that I had to report to you once a week or like take videos and force myself to to like make progress and do these skills repeated, repeated, repeated. And I knew that that's what the answer was. Um, but Team Emilio. Uh, Shout out to Crystal. I know right in the butt and was like you should do this so I think like two days later you released that you were opening reactive redefined for the next session and I was like all right let's go put it on let's do it just do it because I need it we both need it and now (laughs) oh my god so you know just to give everyone some insight here so myself as a human being right Alex I think that we're a lot alike like this like as a human being, if I'm going to learn something, if I'm going to do something, if I'm going to commit to it, I need someone to answer to every week, right? Like yeah. that's how I learn and like can hold myself accountable. So that's a lot of the reason reactive redefine is laid out the way that it is because I know that that's effective for learning for me. So I'm really glad. I'm really glad that um, Emilio's episode was able to give you the motivation to sign up. Okay. So let's talk about some of the things we've done together. Well, Let's talk about the things that you've been doing, right? You've been doing all the work here. I can't take any credit for that. Okay, so a priority, right, was building some strategies to build more people into his inner circle. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Okay, so you already had a pretty functional level of management, right? Like, walk everyone through like the level of management that he can be successful with, right? Because if new people come over, it's, it's the world doesn't come to an end. You just have to have a certain protocol. Yeah. So for anyone new, dog friendly or not, anytime they come into my house, the rules are don't talk to him. Don't look at him. Don't touch him. <laughs> Pretty much pretend like he literally does not exist um, because he's, he's so easily threatened by literally all three of those, um, but eat from the kitchen to the living room. Even if you look at him for a prolonged period of time, I can just see like his, his body just gets tense and I, I'm, I'm like seconds away from him lunging. Um, so if you wouldn't ignore him completely, he's kind of, he'll, he jumps priorities, reactive reactivity was more important than jumping. So. Okay. And he's like 27 pounds. So not the end of the world really small. Um, so those are kind of like my base rules. Um, and that's, I, I get by with that. Um, usually I don't, I, I'm reading him the whole time. And to me, his body language is very clear. 
in his communication. Um, and, but my mom wants to pet him in the worst way. And there's just, they're still not there yet. Um, and I'm hoping one day we're working on it. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm picking up what he's putting down and, and I'm just kind of letting the people around me know, mm, nope, I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch him while he's chewing that toy or right. <laughs> yes. Showing you his belly, but it's a trap. <laughs> right. Oh my God. Right. So <laughs> constantly having to advocate. Right. And I think that um, something that I've definitely learned about River is that thankfully, right, his body language is pretty textbook, right? Like when you look at him and you see all the cues, once you know all those cues, you're like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. you can see the writing on the wall of what's about to happen. So that's nice, right? That like, at least we have those really clear cut body language cues. Okay, so I want to talk about something because this has come up so much in my work with dogs who struggle with new people in the house, right? So obviously, right, when we can advocate for him and we can tell people what to do, it can be relatively successful. The challenge being is that us people have a really hard time, right? Like a really hard time with like, don't look, don't touch, don't pet. So something that I advocated for, right, that you make a priority is working on some other strategies that we could use as a way for River to interact with people in a way that he felt safe and comfortable so that people could have another way to interact with him that maybe wasn't like just pretend he doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And to your credit, right, all of your behavior knowledge and everything you know about River, right? So a strategy that we teach a lot is go touch, right? So go touch someone's hand, come back to me. And you were able to modify, right, like that intention with the behavior to go and shoe, you call it, right? Go and touch someone's shoe. Do you want to talk just a little bit about training that behavior? Yeah. So I, early on, again, not great with body handling, taught him how to use a scratch board. Um, So he loves to, his default besides sit is like going and targeting like any random object, a towel, a cabinet, his toy. It doesn't matter if it makes sense. He's just going to like go put his his paw on it because he thinks that's what I'm I'm touching this. Do you see that I'm doing this right now? (laughs) I was just driving to work one day and I'm thinking about like go touch and knowing that he's a little bit unsure with like hands reaching at him. Like, well, what if I just take a shoe out of my closet and make him go touch that instead? And it's turned into a party trick. Everyone like is sticking their feet out. We're like playing bubblegum, bubblegum in a dish in my living room. Like, and he's just picking feet to, to step on and, and they love it. And I'm, I love that. Oh my God. And okay. So to your credit, right. River has a ton of skills, just a ton, right? Like you've done so much beautiful work in giving him a lot of behavioral repertoire. And I I think it's one of those things too, that it's like, I can see in his body language when we tell him to like, go and do the thing. He's like, okay, yeah, Mm -hmm. I can do that. And because, right, at the end of the day, River is really just a fearful dude, right? Like, that's what it really boils down to, to see his little confidence start to, like, come out and be like, wait wait a minute, we just, we can go and touch people's shoes? Like, yeah, I can do that, right? Like, it's so much more than the actual behavior, right? It's so much more about River being empowered to do something. And I think that, like, 
correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that like other people seeing him do that and being excited, I think maybe he gets a slight amount of reinforcement from as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it also helps me like not have to control the environment so much that almost kind of like that cute little party trick is like enough attention to them to satisfy their human needs of like needing to want to talk to him or touch him. Right. Right. It's an icebreaker, right? Like it's literally just an icebreaker. And to like, obviously you are really good at advocating for him, right? And you really don't have a problem telling people how you need them to behave, but it's also, you know, it's not like a low key casual experience when people come over. Like, obviously there's some people you don't have to worry about him. They're in the inner circle and it's fine, but it's like, you know, for you to have a little bit of that reprieve from feeling like you have to just constantly be monitoring what's happening, right? So good. Okay, so I want to talk about something that I think is really important in this sequence, right? Because a lot of dogs who struggle with stranger danger, right? They do well with like that direction, right? Like some of that behavior that they can do and like shoot the go shoe. It's so cute first and foremost. But second, right? I think that what we do after that is also really important, right? And that's something we talked about, right? And I was very clear about it. It's like, I want you to ask him to perform this task. But once mm-hmm. he has done that, then I want you to help him understand that it's not working mode anymore, right? Like he doesn't need to pay attention to you. And River already had, well, did he come pre-programmed with this or did you train this? You tell me. But he will go and like entertain himself with a ball after he kind of has some of that interaction. Yeah. Did he just do that on his own or? And I, I don't know who had him before, but I'm glad that he is that way. Um, But yeah, he's like, all right. I mean, because he wants that space and he's, he's, I don't, he can, he could just make the space that he wants and he'll go, we can be in the kitchen and he'll go, you know, grab a tennis ball or like a stuffed toy in the living room and not, not really care. Right, right. Which I think is a really important transition, right? Because I think sometimes where people get stuck is like, okay, but then do I have treats and are we in working mode the whole time? And that is not really actually productive, right? Like we want him to be able to perform some tasks, do some of that icebreaker, interact with those people a little bit, but then we want it to be, okay, you can just exist in the space. Like you don't have to interact with them and you can do what you need. So it's so nice, right? That like, that's a behavior that he was able to do without much effort on your part, right? You just got to buy the toys and have them where they need to be. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. And right. You were great about making sure that he had lots of opportunities to practice that with lots of people. Right. And I think that, you know, it's one of those that I think that if we don't have the accountability to like do it with all these things, like as trainers, like we know you need to practice and generalize, like conceptually, we know that, but sometimes it's hard to like make the effort to do that. Right. Do you want to talk about that just a little bit, like making the effort to make it happen with different people? It's definitely tricky. Um, And, you know, I did in one or two, a few of my videos that that I uploaded, I think I did, um, you know, ask my coworkers for some help because they're, he's familiar with some, but not all of them. Um, and it was a little bit difficult for me. I felt guilty, almost like asking them to stay late after work, after we'd been there for 10 hours. Um, but the three of them stayed and they helped and they loved helping. Um, but definitely getting 
you know, as trainers, it's very easy to say, like, you know, try to find a, find a person. But then when, like, it's actually me that has to do it. I'm like, hey, can you help me um, train my aggressive dog? <laughs> like, I don't know how else to, like, present it <laughs> to make it seem appealing. Um, but I there's always definitely the setup is that he's never going to bite somebody. Um, but it, it's very, it's been very humbling being on the other end of the leash and like mm-hmm. having to experience all the emotions that come with having a reactive dog has, I always had an idea of what it might be like, but now that I have it, Rivers made me cry a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's something that like, I see a lot of green trainers who mean well make these big elaborate behavior plans that they try and get their clients to execute. And then they're like, why won't my client do it? And it's like, because it's hard, right? Mm-hmm. Like it can be really, really hard. And that's why it was like, so, you're, so everyone to, to fill you in here. So your dad is already part of river's inner circle, right? Like yep. thankfully accepts grandpa, everything is fine there. And it was one of those that like, your dad was already gonna be, already going to be coming over. And that was one where we're like, okay, just practice with your dad. Just do a couple repetitions of it. Right. And I was really trying to empower you to do those little ones that were easy before we had to build up to the hard ones. Right. And it's like, you know, thankfully in your profession, I'm sure most of your colleagues get it right. Like they see complicated dogs all the time. They can see that you're trying, but it is like, it's hard sometimes to ask people to come and help. Right. And I mean, River has never landed a bite on anyone, right? No. Well, yeah, because he lives with you and you've done everything in your power to prevent that. But it's still right. Like he has never bit anyone, but you know that under the right conditions, he could be pushed to bite. Absolutely. Right. Oh my God. And you know, it's like, I think that so many people listening, right? Maybe you have a really easy dog. You're like, my dog would never bite anyone. And that's great, right? Like, I love that for you. I love that you can feel that way. But there is nothing quite like knowing that your dog could potentially be a liability under the right conditions. And that's a big responsibility. That's just a really big responsibility. To piggyback off that, I actually just, um, I have in within river's circle um some people that can help me watch him like when i go away um but just this past weekend i actually reached out to a pet sitting company just as like if no one else up in case yeah back up i want someone to meet him and be okay with him and um the initial phone call that i had with their like scheduling manager she asked me has he ever displayed any aggressive behavior and I couldn't help myself. And I was just like, well, that depends on what you describe as aggressive. Because yes, he has, but like what X, Y, and Z happened before we got to that point? And like under what basis is it true aggression or inappropriate communication? <laughs> For sure. For sure. Because it is, right? Like it's, and that's what kills me, right? About like the arguments online about like the term aggressive and aggression and how we use it. And it's just like, it's not fair just to say that River is aggressive because that doesn't acknowledge like 
how people are behaving and how he responds to that, right? Like if you provoke aggression, maybe, right? But if you follow my explicit instructions, you probably won't see it. Yeah. And the instructions are excessive and definitely like not appealing at all. But I was definitely like, wow, it's going to be, I think the, the fact that he does not have a bite history is kind of what's saving me. We have a meet and greet this upcoming weekend, but I think if he had a bite history, I, I'd be having a real tough time trying to find somewhere for him. Right. Or say, right. yeah. Well, thankfully he's with you. Thankfully yeah. he's with you. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. So I want to talk about some of the other behaviors, right. That I've been able to support you on. So I can take no credit for this because you already decided this, right? So in your neighborhood, River can struggle with pretty big, lungy, barky feelings that like neighbors and just being out on that walk for him is just really, really, really stimulating. Yeah. Is that a fair way to put it? Yeah. Okay. So you made the decision to maybe just pause on the neighborhood walks for a little bit, right? So do you want to just elaborate more on that? Yeah. I And I think I always knew, you know, as a trainer, I tell people like, you don't have to take them for a walk. Then if every time you go out, it's going to be a reaction, cut out the ability to repeat the behavior. And here I am trying to take them on a walk every day. <laughs> so through the class um, and kind of just seeing what the other participants were doing, I was like, well, you know what? I can still get him mentally stimulated. I can still teach him things. Let's just start on the porch. Let's, because we can't get off the porch. If he sees a neighbor, if he sees a bird on the church across the street, (laughs) we're losing it. So, well, there's plenty of stimulation literally right outside my door. So let's just bring his bed outside and start there. Right, right. And also, right, like you have the option of driving him to a place, like a physical location for a walk. That's just going to be way easier for both of you, right? That like he can move and do cattle dog stuff and it's going to be way less trigger stacking for both of you, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, it's one of these things too that like, of course, conceptually porch week work makes sense. But I think that like, it was one of those where I was like, try on the porch and you did. And we didn't have the bed that first time, right? And it was like, it was okay. And then you were like, wait a minute, I'm just going to bring a bed out. And that was a game changer, right? Because he already had this lovely history with his stationing behavior, right? Where it's just like, oh, lay down on the mat. And that was able to give him just a little bit more of that counterbalance that we needed of like, okay, we're out here. Should I care about this stuff? Oh, maybe I'll do this. And it, it made some of the behavior modification we were trying to pull off, particularly with neighbors, just so much more successful, right? Like you had multiple successes where he was able to see different neighbors and you were able to keep him under threshold completely. Yeah. Yeah. Without the bed, he, he wouldn't even sit or he would sit and then he'd popcorn right back up. And then when I pulled the bed out and I started recording, I'm like, Oh my, is there like emotion tied to like, do you love your bed this much? And he like, then he could lay down and he can lay down and stay. And then I could take a few steps off the porch. And I was like, why didn't I do this the first time? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. And you know, it's like, it's so amazing to see like that in conjunction with like, you already have amazing timing, right? So like, I didn't teach you that you came with that. 
And it, it made it so that your timing seemed effortless, right? Because you weren't trying to like rein him in first and then pull off the behavior modification, right? Like he was already just right there, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, kind of circling back to what we were talking about is that like, ultimately he's fearful, right? And it's like, when we give him some context of like, you are safe on this bed, right? And we can do this. And like barking and lunging doesn't have to happen. He's like so receptive, just so receptive to it. Yeah. Yeah. He's smart. I'll give him that. Right. And it's one of those that like, you know, some of us just live in really hard environments for our dogs. And sometimes we just have to make concessions and just change things. Right. Because he was getting like really, really overstimulated on that first block of the walk. Right. Just like pulling like crazy, all this stuff happening. And like, that's, that's just, I feel like that's deflating on the human end too. Right. Like, wow, you are crazy right now. (laughs) They too, like mental, like emotionally for him, he's having a super hard time for the block until we get to the end. But it's not fun for me either because then I'm frustrated before we get to the fun part. And then by the time we get to the fun part, I'm like, I'm sick of it. Like, I want to go home. Just like advocate for myself and skip all the frustrating parts. And let's just, let's just have fun. I have mom and river time and sniff things and chase leaves in an appropriate spot (laughs) yeah oh my god oh my god and it's like you know seeing the contrast of like the long leash walks you were doing other places I mean it was just abundantly clear that you both were just having such a better time such a better time and I think something that you know I live and breathe because I live with dogs and Alex I think that you feel this too that it's like we want to be present we want to be able to carry ourselves in that like calm, confident demeanor, right? Like that's who we want to be. That's how we want to show up for our dogs. But it is hard to do that when, when you've been attached to the dog for 30 seconds, they're already like gone, you know, it's like, and being able just to change the environment because seriously, the, the, the videos of you two when he is out on that long leash are the best because I can just tell, right? You can just like, you're like, hey, Rev. And he's like, yes, mama, what can I do for you here? Right? Like you're so much more connected and in sync than you would be if you're trying to do that in an environment where he just can't handle it. Yeah. And his little tail, it's like a little flag at the end. And his body language, he's just so much happier exploring, like without having to be like, who's that? What's that? Why are they walking towards me? Or do I have to chase that? (laughs) Right. And he's just, yeah, it, it's a totally different environmental dynamic for the both of us. Right. Oh, my God. Okay. So just as a, a semi-random side note here, do we think River was just outside all the time and he just entertained himself by biting at snowflakes and raindrops and leaves? Like, it's such an interesting behavior that he presents in that way, right? Like... I don't know. My initial thought was that he wasn't dumped. And I was like, he probably ran off. He just ran off chasing something. And someone just didn't feel like chasing him. But now I'm like, I remember very early on, like, so I got him in December, and it snowed. And he was outside, like chasing the snowflakes. And I was like, is this cute? Or is it like OCD? Oh, my God, right? Like, mm, the jury is still out on this. (laughs) I didn't. I sometimes I still think that I think it's a little bit more cute to me now 
because it's not really getting much more intense than just like snapping at snowflakes. But initially I was like, oh no, <laughs> what, what is this? Like, I need to see it play out. <laughs> and because like you also, I'm sure have seen a lot in your career, like herding breeds have a much higher propensity to some of those obsessive behaviors, right? Yeah. Just because like they're more keenly aware and right. Like they're just paying more attention, Right. But yeah, just like those interesting behaviors. And, you know, I, I love how you made the point of like him being able to chase leaves in safe environments. Right. Because that's something right that that you've been working on, too, is that like. Sometimes the leaf chasing then can kind of like if you're by a road, then maybe there might be some car chasing. Do you want to speak a little bit more about that? Yeah, um, definitely. <laughs> And anything that moves like I don't know how else to say it literally anything that moves is fair game cars within a certain proximity are very difficult to walk past but a car that's driving very fast and then causes a leaf to blow we're losing our minds <laughs> so it's it's a lot of like just and I live in a city um so we we can chase things in the yard and we can chase them at the field but I mean he still doesn't get that he can't chase them down the sidewalk because he's not thinking when he does it it's just a split moment reaction um but it it's a lot of for sure a lot of management on me and I I usually don't let other people walk him <laughs> because it it's it's a lot and you have to know what to do and how quickly to do it before before he tries to dart after a car or a squirrel or a leaf or I, I don't know whatever else it could be but thankfully right because of his behavioral repertoire you're able to utilize a lot of alternate behaviors in that context right yeah. like asking him to walk with you asking him to do some find it's right and I remember that was something that I was like I feel like you need to use more find it's right like I think that that serves a similar function for him, right? Like he can feel satisfied in the fact that like he got to go for something and get it, right? Because mm -hmm. I do think that there's like an innate reinforcement built into that behavior for him, right? Because he like chases it and then he gets it. He's did it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think that the find it is works really nicely, right? When you need it to like really redirect him and be like, we're gonna do something else though. Yeah. yeah. The walking at the side is much better since being in react free defined it's still a work in progress um because it's not quite on cue like i still have to use the treats and then like take a few steps and then like drop a treat like to keep him with me um but he's you'll actually see this week in some of the videos that i'm uploading when i toss treats he's much better about catching them in the air now <laughs> instead of like going and finding them on the ground so he's, I, I might struggle with find it soon because he'll just be catching oh my them. Oh God, bless the cattle dog. Like, no, I'm just going to catch it in the air. What are we doing next? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. So um, do you want to talk a little bit about how you feel about the group calls? This group has been so amazing. I love the group calls. I love the group calls. I was a little bit nervous at first. And I don't know why, because we're all taking this class for a reason. Um, but kind of just seeing 
other like struggles, but also like victories that everyone else in the class is having was really nice, but also like unifying, like to me, like that we're not a lot, like we're all doing this together. Um, and even being able to bring, Hey, I did this with river and it worked really well. Like, what if you tweak what you did and tried it this way, um, to see if that works for you. Um, and I think the way that I formatted my password game was very helpful to, um, some of the other girls in the group. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's like, I, I never tire of like the groups that come together that I really have no control over. Right. I really feel like it's like, there's some like amazing universal things happening to bring you all together. Right. Is that like, there are multiple people in this round that their dogs struggle with basically a lot of the things that River is struggling with, right? Yeah. And it was so lovely to see the camaraderie, right? And just really the genuine support, right? Because while obviously I'm there to like offer support and guidance as needed, it's like, I don't kid myself in realizing that like, you all living this day in and day out, you're going to be able to offer certain things to each other that I won't. And it was yeah. so amazing to just like sit back and be like, okay, yeah, keep talking. Okay. Yeah. That was a good point, Alex. Okay. Like share next. Right. Which I love so much. That's the whole point of the group calls is that you all can come together and support each other. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's like, you have been such a lovely asset to the group calls. So I'm really glad that you were nervous and then you realized you didn't need to be. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. So um, any particular wins you've had with River recently that you want to share with everybody? Um, yeah, actually you'll see this upcoming week for those who don't know, I'm sure when this gets published, I'm going to share it. Um, and my coworkers might listen to it, but River had a very traumatic recent vet visit. Um, it was awful. I cried. We're over it now. We both survived. Um, but definitely we have our work cut out for us for next year. Um, so already I have actually purchased from Amazon one of those like silly little, like a telescopic stool that like, yes. so I can adjust his height because he's small for a cattle dog. Um, and within two sessions, he's already, like, I've transferred his chin cue to it with a towel. Um, and now the towel, just this morning, we practiced it with his breakfast, the towel on the stool he can do, and just the chin rest already. I think I'm going to call it station, not to confuse the two, because I've been using chin with my hand for so long. Yeah, no, I think that that will be good just to like help him understand the difference between we want. Oh my God. Yes. I'm so excited to support you through this consenting care protocol because I know it's going to be a game changer for his body handling. And I know that it's once you do it, you're going to be like, you're going to be able to teach your clients how to do it too, which is even better. Like, obviously I want you and River to be successfully, but knowing like once I taught it and trained and got into fluency with Wayland, that's what I was just like, I'm going to scream this to the, from the rooftops. Okay. Because like, this is going to be a game changer for so many people and their dogs and ultimately for the veterinary professionals who have to deal with them also. Yeah. More than anything, like my current passion, like my goal, right? Like I want to bring that to 
my practice that I'm at right now, like the consent and care, the cooperative care, the people that only come to the vet every year and a half or something and let their vaccines expire because their dog won't come in. They won't walk through the door or they have to be muzzled or like river, they have to be (laughs) injected and knocked out. (laughs) So like, I would, I would love that even just a little bit to bring hope to them to come to the vet. And then obviously like increase compliance and stuff with the things that we tell them and blood work, annual blood work that gets declined. Pets are fractious. Um, It's just, it's so important. And we find things even in young animals. Um, So for the people listening, get blood work on your animal. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You need it. Oh my God. Yeah, no, I'm well-versed. Both my dogs have had so much blood work recently. But anyways, okay, so Alex, any final thoughts for a reactive dog guardian that is listening, that is maybe feeling overwhelmed, less than hopeful? Yeah, I mean, no matter what kind of reactivity I think anyone is experiencing, um, because I know even the happiest dogs, I would still call reactive because they just can't control their emotions um, or the fearful ones like river. Um, it's, it's definitely a challenge being, seeing the looks from people and hearing the comments. Um, it's so emotional to navigate. Um, but I, I can't say enough about reactive redefined and, and just, all of the things that I knew, but then having someone else tell them to me has, it, it's definitely put River and I on the path to the the top of the mountain for sure. Um, and you're not alone for experiencing those and crying on your kitchen floor or wherever you land when you cry, when your dog makes you cry. <laughs> uh, we all do it and we all do it a lot. So don't, don't stop looking for other options and other trainers and, and trying to do your best by your dog. Absolutely. Absolutely. Alex, it's been seriously an honor and a delight to be a part of your journey. He is lucky to have you. And maybe one of these days I'll make it to Pennsylvania and I can see him from a distance or maybe he'll touch my shoe. We'll see. Oh my God. He'll touch your shoe happily. (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.